0: Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and light novels. Uh, I'm Ryan Salisbury, and today we have Una. Hi. Uh, And we are talking about one of Una's favorite series, uh, Yojo Senki, which uh, translates to Chronicles of a War, Chronicles of a Young Girl, or something like that. Is that right? Yeah. And is. poorly translated in english to the saga of tanya the evil (laughs)
1: it's so cringe
0: (laughs) so this is the first episode of isekai july which is a mini series we're doing for july on isekai anime Uh, if you've never heard the term isekai is a fantasy genre where the protagonist is in some way or another transported to another world Uh, sometimes reincarnated or sometimes just pulled through a portal. Um, And Yojo Senki is the series that we're doing today. It's about a middle-aged salaryman who is killed by someone he just fired and is reincarnated as a little girl in a parallel universe similar to our own in a 1920s Germany-like country and joins their military uh, to start his slash her career there so for isekai july i'm trying to pick out a selection of just the isekai series that are good because a lot of the ones that i've seen are not they're uh, all
1: good you just have shit taste <laughs>
0: um but i i think this is one of the best ones uh, top three to me um that i've seen uh well that i've read the 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 books are definitely better um i will agree with you on that um The anime, decent. Not my favorite.
2: Oh,
1: it's Um. terrible. (laughs)
0: Um, So, what do you like about the light novels?
1: They're very cool. No, like, uh, it's rare to see an isekai series that's, like, alternative history. True. So, that's. It's original, quote-unquote, but it's pretty good at, like, uh, we call it like the philosophy of politics kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's a word phrase.
0: I'm not a, sure what the word is for it, but I I know what you mean, and I hope it conveys it to people that are listening. Philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Political
3: science?
0: i would Um, never yeah so one of the things in the light novel is the like there's heavy internal monologue uh like first person narrative stuff that is doing a lot of political commentary which is pretty interesting but it's like from the perspective of someone who's a huge piece of shit (laughs) so yeah Okay, so I'm pretty much just going to talk about the light novel. Uh, I guess the things that I'll say about the anime is it's a lot. It's mostly just action, uh, which the light novel is not. Um, So it kind of cuts a lot of stuff out.
1: It kind of cuts out the entire meaning of all of the action. It's weird that it, like, even exists, to be honest, like, it's a very political story. And then the politics and the anime are just like
0: Germany. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what politics there are in the show. And I guess it's just like war is bad.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, that's, uh, it's like a weird stance to convey. Given that it's supposed to be like a hypocritical stance the whole time, uh huh. Since it's like Tanya's whole internal dialogue or whatever monologue, but it's yeah, constantly like, oh, I'm I just want to sit back and relax. War is bad. I don't want to be involved in war. And it's just like, but for some reason, I'm really good at it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's like uh well I have my beliefs but I don't like the consequences of them. But I'm okay. going to keep them anyway. It's funny too cuz like most of the complaints that I saw on my anime list reviews of the anime were just completely non-existent in the book. It was like they don't explain this and you know there's uh, like the characters are really shallow they only follow one character like they, they pretty much only have Tanya as like a, a 3D character the rest are just completely flat um, yeah
1: which is kind of fair though in a sense because like even the light novel the majority of the other characters are just the way Tanya sees them
0: yeah, I feel like there was some first-person narrative from other characters, like Anson Sue, yeah. Yeah. and like, uh, uh, the other,
1: what do you call it,
0: uh, The Frenchie perspective guy. shifts. Yeah.
1: So, like, you do get a bit here and there, but, like, for the most part, your idea of character is, like, they're, I believe, their some NPCs, point... Like, some point in the series, there's, like, some perspective of Visha, but, like, the majority of her story is, like, literally projected onto her by Tanya.
0: Yeah, and I I think I also, like, really dislike the character design choices in the anime compared to the manga and light novels. They are very different. Bland. The differences are not good.
1: Yeah, well, like. Because the light novel will give, like, literal, like, historical, legal reasoning for their character design. And then the anime is just like, this looks like a character.
0: We need them to look epic.
1: (laughs) But, like, a lot of that is just, like, anime character design is kind of centered around being able to animate it. While also trying to retain, like, the image of the character, which... That's why it doesn't really make sense that their hair is longer.
0: Yeah, that's the primary thing I'm thinking of is Lurgan's hairdo, which no one has this hairdo anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's not real.
1: I haven't... Oh, okay, here we do. I do have a screenshot of Mm -hmm. (laughs) them. That's a hair.
0: So if you're listening, go look up Yojo Senki Lurgan, L-E-R-G-E-N. And you'll see what I'm talking about. I like. I don't think there's any way to describe it. It's, it's something. It's like a reverse mullet, kind of. But it also has like... He has like horns on the back. I think it's supposed to be messy.
1: Which doesn't really fit his character at all. It doesn't fit his character at all. <laughs> Like, Tanya's hair is supposed to be messy, which makes sense, because she puts, like, zero effort into her appearance, other than hair is regulation in the end. Which, in the anime, it isn't even regulation. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, her is weird, too. It's, like, supposed to be tied back, but, like, no yeah. one's hair would look like that when it's tied back.
1: Yeah, I know, I, uh... I inserted something in the nose later on, but I guess I'll just explain it now since we're on the topic. Uh, basically, I think it's somewhere in. It's in the last paragraph of anime. Yeah, well, I mean, it's somewhere in the light novels. Oh, uh, oh. I think it's while they're do- while Tanya's, like doing training in the mountains or whatever. A thing that happens in the anime, I swear there's a whole discussion on the, uh, the history of, uh, women in the Imperial army uh-huh. and why they're treated differently, especially since she's an officer because women officers in the Imperial army were historically nobles and there weren't any, uh, what do you call non-nobles? Peasants. Men's. There were peasants. <laughs> there, there weren't any, uh, peasant women in the army so all the regulations for how to treat women are strictly for nobles so she gets bedding when everyone else sleeps in trenches kind of thing but it also includes the thing about hair and how they don't have to have it at like the typical men's hair length because they're nobles and they have to keep up appearances mm-hmm. but it's still restricted to like shoulder lengths so, like, Fish's haircut in the anime makes zero fucking sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, they really seem to throw out a lot of the source material for the anime, which I don't get. They throw out, like, the good parts, too. Like, one uh, one major difference I noticed was um, in when they were doing the Type 95 orb experiment, and the chief engineer guy, like disables all the safety mechanisms to force Tanya to try this really dangerous use of it. Um, it's like right about to explode. And then like God slash being X intervenes. And like, that's when Tanya sees him and he like stops the thing from exploding. Um, um, and in the anime, she's just, like, in her bedroom. And then her, like, toys start talking to her. And that's that's supposed to be that conversation. I have no idea why yeah. they made that change. Well, like, the
1: conversation happens right before it explodes in right. the anime. But it's, like, a reference to the previous conversation. Oh, really? Okay. Maybe I
0: missed that. But
1: But, like, it's... Uh, the portrayal of the gods is very weird in the anime because it's just like A, there's only one, and B, just sort of takes over Nutcrackers to s- just throw in some words here and there.
0: I-, I did like how they did it for the train station because it was like all of the people that were there when the original guy died were talking. Yeah. And I thought that was cool.
1: But th- th- they just sort of stuck with this weird motif.
0: Yeah. Like
1: you're not uh Madoka Magica, you don't get to do nutcracker motifs. It's fucking <laughs> doesn't make any sense here. <laughs> but um, yeah Yeah. Because the gods are very political in a light novel they're like
0: office workers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the way they talk is like people in a meeting trying to figure out how to increase quarterly returns on faith.
1: Which is pretty standard for a light novel, especially isekai, actually. Is it? Yeah, there's usually to justify the fact that there is Earth and another world. They don't just make it that there's just these two worlds. So there's you know a system of worlds and they each have their own guardian god that's just somewhere in the hierarchy. It's a pretty common kind of trope.
0: That's weirdly more religious than I feel like American versions of that would be.
1: Yeah, well, American versions of that would just be...
0: Uh, how
1: is it you described, Ephraim Galien?
0: Christian aesthetics with uh, sexual symbolism. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I, I also think like maybe part of it is... I think Americans generally believe in god less actually than most other people do like the actual god is like ourselves we like worship ourselves basically
1: well uh recent events and the way people have narrated them from a religious perspective has made it pretty clear that whenever people in the political context speak of god they pretty much explicitly mean historical actions of the state yeah. so which, like, I'd like to think is just a political thing and not literally where people's beliefs come from, but media, I tell you.
0: And then, like, if you look at American comic books with alternate universes, it's just, like, that's just how things are. But, like, the way that people get to them is, like, the super genius white guy superhero character figures out how to cross to another dimension or whatever. It usually
1: comes from like a like a scientific perspective and
0: that right. might
1: Which uh, I think maybe, is just self-worship. Yeah, I think it's part that and like part the reason why it's not like other realms controlled by gods is just because like barring actual Nordic mythology, the majority of like Western religions aren't really into like there being separate realms controlled by gods
0: true Which
1: yeah and the other like the a... other
0: universes aren't like all time
1: <laughs> right except for in Sword art online
0: right but i'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't <dumb> joke <laughs> should have gone with jotunheim so you couldn't do that <laughs> well you
1: didn't <laughs> then i have to remember what that is in I feel like that would no that was Marvel. okay no you're good
0: (laughs) um so yeah we'll 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 come back to this conversation in a bit um but before that I just want to get through the movie stuff so if you're gonna watch the anime I would just I would say just watch the movie even though even the movie is not great um it like to me it's like a it's like a long episode Like, it's not structured like a movie is, but it is, like, way better animation and it's faster. (laughs) That's basically the advantage of it. You can get it done in an hour and a half.
1: (laughs) Well, like... Like, it's weird, because it's... It's faster for the way the anime is adapting the source material, but it's so it's like a good thing in that regard because it's like the anime is already skipping out on a bunch of stuff so why does it take so long true but at the same time it like completely rewrites all of the source material and it just makes it really confusing (laughs) and then the whole why a girl (laughs) completely left out
0: yeah they definitely don't explain that
1: which like It's only like a couple of words in the prologue too, but I feel like it really helps you justify what's going on. Yes, (laughs) because he said he was lustful because he was a girl, wasn't a girl. Yeah, it's it's such a weird, it's extremely arbitrary, I guess. But like, that is pretty much how it comes off.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this they really don't set it up well. It really is just like an action show with a little girl right. instead of a cool shonen guy. <laughs> okay, but
1: like, here's the thing, though, is the only reason there has to be a justification for that is this kind of constant thing of people critiquing especially isekai it's kind of weird to constantly critique like oh why is this situation a thing and because it's cool isn't a valid answer to people like you're consuming (laughs) media like just go outside if you want realistic
0: life events read a uh, a, a non-light novel I guess (laughs) a heavy uh, novel (laughs)
1: like uh, what would you call it I don't remember all the Japanese terms for these genres, but the whole, uh, I think Rorika fits. Just okay. transforming into a lolly, I guess, is yeah. technically what it translates as, but that's usually used. I guess I mostly know art communities, so it's usually used for like redrawing a character as a little girl, but like. It's sort of a subgenre. And usually the justifications aren't like pissed off a of god. <laughs> uh, a lot of them are just like, oh, it's one of them gets stuck in a video game thing and they just wanted their character to look cuter. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> like, but that's like perfectly justified to people because, it's like, oh, I would do that. Yeah. And then they're in a video game, which makes more sense. Yeah, sure. But, like. <laughs> you know, I feel like the, the nature of the story has kind of changed in the anime because it kind of. The reason why that argument wouldn't work as much for the anime as it would for the light novel is that the light novel, the gods are very involved in the progression of the story. Yeah, that's true. But, like, the anime it's just sort of like she sounds like some like a conspiracy theorist whenever she brings it up
0: yeah i guess that's what, one of the disadvantages of animating them as random people or things that are around you right Because like there's that whole thing of where everyone's starting to get involved in the war
1: and there's like you could come up with a whole bunch of explanations for that like she doesn't know the entire geopolitical situation but she immediately jumps to it's probably god fucking with me
2: <laughs> but um,
1: like in the light novel it is very clearly yes that's what's happening
0: yeah uh, it's just not well framed in the anime yeah especially during that experiment it's like he's basically like i'm doing this to fuck with you <laughs> all right well
3: yeah
1: because in the light novel it was decided before the experiment started that they were going to create like a reliquary or something i forget what
0: the other word is to me it sounds cool so it it sounds like a good translation but i also don't know shit about religious terminology so uh
1: reliquary is usually like an item that was like has a part of a saint or something in it ah Uh, so like hair anyway (laughs) (laughs) that's don't, didn't need to explain that.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about the light novel. So I've I've gotten through the first two and a half chapters or so. Oh jeez. Um. Geez. Yeah. I I didn't. I started reading it late, <laughs> so I didn't start reading it until like Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> Did you say you got
1: through the first two and a half, and I was gonna be like, well, I'm through like the first five and a half, so we're fine. <laughs> like oh chapters chapters (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) okay yeah so the prologue and chapters one through three is what i made it through i'm a very slow reader so so
1: essentially Um, like you're you're still deep in like the stuff that's been adapted
0: yeah Mm -hmm. i
1: think uh let me get a good chapter list going the manga right now in case people do want to read it, but don't want to read the light novel. The manga's light was better than the anime. And I think right now it's at about... Fucking...
0: Chapter... Like, the first chapter of
1: the third volume.
0: <laughs> Jeez. So is it... It's still, like, pretty inferior, but better, th- better than the anime, basically?
1: Yeah, I think... Uh, the manga actually it has a lot of weird bits to it uh does a lot of explanation of like tactics and stuff it uses these little pig characters it's pigs yeah oh cute (laughs) so it's way behind the anime but the anime is way behind the light novel so i think uh essentially so the anime ends halfway through the third volume and then the movie starts somewhere in the fourth volume. Well, I guess technically, it, oh wow, okay. it, it starts at like the end of the third volume, which is the Southern Campaign. But they kind of rush it and then immediately jump into war with the Soviet Union. Yeah. So it's part of the reason why I, I don't like really like the movie at all. It's, it's like an entire volume condensed down into that.
0: Well like I said, the I think the best part of it is that the animation is better than the anime and it's short. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's got an epic fight. So if you like epic fights with guns and magic, which actually makes it sound really yeah. cool. Actually go watch. <laughs> <laughs> I am a
0: big fan of guns um, and magic. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered why they don't have more of that, but I don't know.
1: I blame Tolkien.
0: Yeah. And what's her name? Rowling.
1: Oh, yeah. Well I I blame her for a lot more of things, so I'm just <laughs> gonna I'll let Tolkien have this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so the light novel, uh light like, the thing that caught my attention was in the prologue, they start talking about the Milgram and Stanford Prison Experiments, yeah, um, it's like the the thing they open up with, which I thought was really interesting because that's like one of the things that, like, made me an anarchist. Yeah, it's like one of the main things.
3: <laughs> I
0: feel like I'm um,
1: inevitably going to end up actually talking about psychology stuff in this because it's the way people review this, but uh, essentially, the Stanford Prison Experiment sucks. So anyone that cites it has a very, very clear political agenda, which is kind of the point here, I think.
0: So, I keep hearing that, but, like, the reasoning that I've heard is, in the experiment, they told the guards to be more abusive. There's... But, like, how is that different than reality? <laughs> well, like, there's
1: that... Oh, okay, because the point of the experiment was supposed to be that just giving people social roles just their expectation of what the role looks like will make them act. Which okay. which is like a huge thing in gender theory, so if you actually care about that, <laughs> that's like all of gender theory for you. But uh, that's not really how it went, and also when you, uh, like, starting from the ground up, the entire thing was shit. You recruit people for a prison-related experiment, you're gonna get people interested in the relations of prisons. <laughs> That kind of thing. So it's just not. It it wasn't good science, and it's it's not really considered like a valid reference, I guess. If you're doing anything other than redoing the experiment, I guess it doesn't really work as like a background reference. So, Mm -hmm. but people like to cite it because they. It's a human nature argument of well, people are cruel. So. It's a good characterization that the narrating character immediately cites that because if you know that's how people treat it and that's how it actually is, you immediately get, uh, oh, this is the type of person that will be like that.
0: That's true. And there was um, I don't know if I wrote it down, but there was a couple other things that that he said in the narrative text that I was like, oh, this is just like, oh, I think it's later. Um, this is just like a rationalization for their beliefs. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd like to um, consider
1: that literally the entire narration.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Until you get
1: up to, like, uh, the fourth volume. But since you haven't even finished the first volume, I guess I'll just spoil it. Uh, Tony really hates communists.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I learned that from the movie. Yeah um oh that's right yeah okay i have it here it's um it's in chapter one and uh she says anyone who knows what happened in the holocaust and then in sarajevo and rwanda should have realized by now how truly dangerous it is to blindly believe in the ideals of humanism it's all too easy for humans to transform into demons capable of performing monstrous atrocities that might not be taught in ethics class but it's our nature yeah i mean I feel like if they believed in the inherent value of human life, then they wouldn't have done a genocide.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Like, it's your beliefs
1: that kind of enable that? <laughs> yep, yeah, that's like the whole thing is that the entire bit, uh, which is why you get so many weird people into it, is that her beliefs contradict her ideals, I guess. Mm-hmm. So... What she wants is what the uh, the cool kids call lifestylism, which <laughs> is fair. She, she just wants, you know, to contribute to society, but without it, like, endangering herself. But her idea of what that society should look like is uh, incredibly dangerous for most people. So.
0: yeah maybe it's like my perception of her at this like early point in the books but i feel like her main quality is that she's just a social climber yeah, and or like to me the whole point is like that's that's the thing that makes you like an evil person is just being a ruthless social climber with no regard to anyone else or like the effects of what doing
1: i guess to ruin the whole bit
0: of literally
1: the entire <laughs> series is that uh so she's a quote unquote rationalist right
0: but so she believes that the universe is governed by numbers in perfect ratios yeah, and yeah. That you can express any number as a, a fraction of integers right, and
1: you think the joke of that would be way more obvious <laughs> because she's like <laughs> literally face to face with gods and she tells them to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like, it's a good bit, but it comes into play with the fact that her previous life, the salary man is a, you know, a salary man, but he works in human resources.
0: So, so evil,
1: right. But like the majority of people don't see that people actually believe what i like to call human resources propaganda that it (laughs) well because it's supposed to be portrayed as like the whole oh if you have a problem at work you go to hr but like no no hr is there to make sure that you aren't a problem yourself and that you're producing and that you're you are a resource and they're there to manage that and that's kind of the entire bit is that that was her job and she was good at that because that she knew what it was to have like that image of oh it's there to help people, knew that it was resource management. So Yes. So now she's in uh World War One slash two Germany. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh I called it World War One plus World War Two Germany. <laughs>
1: yeah not quite the nazis because there's no actual indication of a fascist ideology it is an imperial state so it's still bad Mm -hmm. like quite so especially given that the entire plot is just them invading everything
0: yeah it's weird they have trench warfare and also planes right well and bombers i mean to be fair but not the holocaust. <laughs>
1: World War 1 did have planes as as and bombers, <laughs> they just weren't as sturdy as the... well, cuz it takes place in the 1920s. Right. Uh,
0: well, I think the bombers in World War 1 were just like guys that flew biplanes and threw bricks out of them. Well, they still had like full-fledged bombers, they
1: just weren't as uh I guess well-built as the ones that portrayed in the anime. Okay. <laughs> Of course, it doesn't really matter how well they're built and how they're portrayed in the light novel because all they do is bomb stuff and get shot down. <laughs> Though there is the, the whole, I guess, what the the movie covers, the recon mission kind of has a certain requirement that wouldn't really be fulfilled by World War One airplanes. But the way I like to see it, is that the majority of the progression is that of World War II, but the initial onset is more related to World War One, Barring the actual geopolitical situation, which is again more similar to World War II. Right. The argument is supposed to be that because it's a world with magic, the technological development is slightly slowed because... or, like, the idea of what a more advanced technology is is different.
0: But at the same time, mages are basically attack helicopters, and so they have that in World War II. Right, (laughs) which some people will say as critiques, but, like, that's,
1: you know, Tanya being a strategist literally refers to them as (laughs) used as attack helicopters, but... Regardless yep. of that, uh, the, uh, a lot of the characters are directly based off of uh, Nazis. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not one of those like history nerds that sits here and like jacks off to like the career and resume of every single Nazi official, but
0: they that is. You're just a different kind of history nerd, right?
1: <laughs> no. Wait. <laughs>
0: I, I'm I'm not. I'm too busy, you know, throwing the football and having sex to yeah, I'm too, I'm read about that too history busy, bullshit.
1: Uh, reading manga <laughs> and light novels, I guess. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that uh, a lot of the internal development is supposed to be like career-wise. They're based off of Nazis, and uh, mm. but I don't know which offhand. A lot of their names are pretty much just rearrangements of the... Okay. Which, the naming scheme is actually better than a lot of other light novels because of that. But it also leads to the funny thing where New York is called New York.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what was the name of the United States? It was like the, the Unified States? Yeah.
1: Everything else is just like, oh, the Republic the (laughs) francois yeah but uh where was i going with this
0: (laughs) um we were talking about human resources stuff i did want to mention um there was a part where they made that hr thing really explicit in the type 95 experiment because the chief engineer is like this mad scientist guy and he just starts going like full religious fanatic and she's like oh i see society hasn't figured out the difference between technical and administrative roles they should have put a less genius person in charge of this guy who's able to rein him in so he doesn't go full psycho on everyone
1: (laughs) right uh i have like a lot of like highlights from the light novel in this folder but i can't quite find i know that there are quite a few instances where they get really explicit about the contradiction kind of thing of her ideals and like why she's so good at war because she is attempting to avoid getting dragged into world war ii
0: uh-huh.
1: and i mean she obviously doesn't really care whether they get dragged into world war one or not because as long as it doesn't end the same way for germany she's fine but world war ii would be bad <laughs> because that's always going to end the same way for germany so she's constantly yeah. trying to explain to everyone like modern analysis of the history of World War II in order to get them to understand what needs to be avoided. But they just see
0: that as her being
1: prepared.
0: Yeah, essentially. Be- yeah, she has a genius strategy with with that, with this we can't fail. <laughs> right.
1: Well essentially because they haven't had World War One yet they aren't aware of the concept of total war, but she is, which is, like, a huge distinction of, like, you know, uh, what's it called? Attrition. And it's an attrition of resources, and those resources include humans, and she's 100% ready to say that. But everyone else is still Mm -hmm. hung up on, like, old paradigms of war. Because why would you ever think of humans as numbers? Right. But, like, she knows that's not going to happen because she knows it's just attrition. Like, you need to bleed out their resources. Like, they can regain patriotism at the drop of a hat. Yeah. It's a war. But, yeah, there's a lot of times where, I think, where, again, this is supposed to be the voice of reason for her. So he's constantly like, oh, a world where soldiers are just numbers. i hate to see that. And then he sees it and he's like, god damn, is this is her
2: fault.
1: <laughs> in a way, it might actually be, but I haven't <laughs> flushed out that theory. A, okay, the, the whole comment about her being a libertarian because the whole market thing. It's a hundred percent true, so like that is her economic perspective is that of a libertarian like she does believe in like the quote unquote free market and how it's supposed to but coming well, the from the main of human think resources that
0: made her a libertarian is just because she's not American
1: right, but like <sighs> The thing about this light novel is that that is kind of a joke, though, is that it's just constantly mocking ideologies.
0: Okay. In particular,
1: like, I don't know the exact Japanese equivalent of it, but there is definitely a a tendency towards, like, the free market ideology. Yeah, because that's what I was
0: thinking. Is like, you can be, like, a market, like, free market type person without believing all the same stupid shit that libertarians do. Just right. the stupid shit about capitalism being good in a, in a market.
1: Right. But she does believe all that stupid shit. She's very much okay. about like the, <laughs> the freedom. Like, you can't have true freedom without some cost of freedom kind of thing. It's like, uh-huh. oh, we need the government still because, you know, too much freedom is a bad thing.
0: Okay. So she's uh, almost more like a small government conservative.
1: Yeah. But like the relevance of the libertarianism thing is because coming from the perspective of, uh, HR kind of stuff that that's why she's always going on about like the market failing her because she uh, essentially she sees herself as a strategist, but everyone else sees her as a tactician.
0: Okay. Which is,
1: you know, they, they acknowledge her as a strategist, but they think she's far too valuable. Like as a frontline officer.
0: That's actually a pretty good summary of why libertarians have bad analysis. They think they're strategists, but they're tacticians.
1: <laughs> yeah. Macroeconomics versus microeconomics.
0: Right. <laughs> um... Actually, there's a... Because
1: I know... Actually, does the movie end with that? I don't think... Uh... Essentially, she proposes uh, the formation <laughs> of And Yeah, I don't know
0: what that is, but that's the proposal thing was the end of the movie. I remember that. Yeah, yeah,
1: okay. Yeah. It's, essentially, it's a combined arms unit.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: And uh, because she's constantly proposing things to make the war go better as a whole. But she's also the one constantly telling them that they need to put more research before they limit things. Which mm. is partly she's saying that explicitly about technology because she's constantly having to deal with shitty technology. Right. But she thinks that they're going to immediately implement all these like strategic ideas on, like, a, a theater-wide scale the moment she proposes them, but always constantly gets caught up in the... being the one to tit out, which is why she's always on the front line, which I don't think it's in the anime, but it's definitely in the manga and the light novel, the whole bit about the torpedoes.
0: Yeah, I don't remember anything about torpedoes. Yeah, because you're a pleb. Uh, <laughs>
1: There's a lot of jokes about the Navy, because they're in—they're constantly using submarines for covert transport. The submarines aren't really effective at combat, because they mostly use torpedoes, and their torpedoes don't work. I but see. because they work in lab environments, they're told that they can't get new versions,
0: Okay, so just like the Type ninety five stuff, yeah, like and, some uh, technician that's like, "Oh, it works in theory,"
1: <laughs> right? And and it's part of the. It's mostly like I think it's reflective of the whole thing of like they're willing to put research into tactics, but not technology. Where she wants it, the other way around. Mm-hmm. But it is very much used to explain her political career which the anime completely skips out on. There is this good bit where she gets court-martialed which I thought was really good because it essentially she doesn't totally understand her own position in the military. So when she gets court-martialed, she thinks that's, like, the end of her. Uh But the entire military backs her.
0: (laughs) What did she get court-martialed for?
1: She hit a uh, submarine from the, uh, whatever they call the British, which uh, they were firing warning shots, and it blew the hull because weak-ass hulls. <laughs> Which almost So, like they weren't at war with them yet. Accident. Yeah, that's okay. when they're neutral. And it, it's a thing because, like, the military thinks she's far too valuable to have her kicked out for something like that. But she's constantly thinking about the political concerns. So she thinks that they're actually going to, you know, follow through on the court martial because she knows that she fucked up. Mm hmm. But at the same time, she constantly thinks she's fucking up because she's viewing things from a modern military perspective. of like, a, you know, there's going to be consequences for this. But everyone else is viewing it as you're really good at your job.
0: Right. <laughs> it's like you can predict the future. <laughs>
1: hmm. Which, uh, it's really disappointing in the anime that they don't have any of like the political stuff like that.
0: Yeah. There was another thing I noticed... Which is, like, the anime doesn't really convey why Lurgan finds Tanya so repulsive. He, like, okay. just... He's constantly calling her a monster, but it's, like... Okay. <laughs> doesn't well, really make sense in the context. Yeah, Because you haven't gotten that far in the light novel, I don't think. Essentially,
1: when she goes to war college, Lurgan is very outspoken about not letting her go to war college.
0: Well, there is a, there is a part... That kind of puts it in context uh, that I was just about to get into, which is he, when she's going to get that silver wings assault badge, he is looking into her and is like, why is like, why did she join the military? I don't really understand. Like she looks at, he looks into her orphanage and it was just like a normal orphanage with that provides average nutrition. Right. So she wasn't like starving um and she's not like overly patriotic so it's not like she's like fanatical or anything like that yeah and she wasn't like abused Uh, so he's like there must be like the reason must be that she just wants to kill people because she said this is the only path for me (laughs) and so like right she meant this is the only path for me to kill a lot of people
1: (laughs) right actually that uh because I, I don't recall there being something like that. I just, the anime sort of makes that really lackluster because that's very explicitly drawn out in the light novel. Uh-huh. And then when you get to the conversation of her with her classmate as she's describing why she joined the military and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's it's obvious that she's just straight up lying. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes the scene feel so much different than in, like... The anime, like, you know her backstory, but you can kind of feel for the fact that, like, she's justifying her actions to him. It doesn't feel as much as, like, she's deliberately manipulating him to destroy his career.
0: Right. Which, like, you can
1: tell that's what she's doing, but it's not, like, framed. Like, yeah, she's just straight-up destroying this man.
0: <laughs> um, One thing I really liked uh, from from that whole thing was uh lurgan is reflecting on the fact that he finds her repulsive or revolting or whatever and uh he says if an officer has a combination of her qualities we're delighted that's precisely what the army wants but ironically now having seen those qualities made incarnate lurgan realized that the highest form of the imperial army's desires was simply another way to describe a monster (laughs)
1: right no there's a lot of like good reflective stuff like that and i I do really like the way that i don't know how his name's actually pronounced in english but lurgan (laughs) he's uh just the way he's supposed to be like the moral compass for her so he's got like this constant view of the fact that he sees that she produces results he sees that she's like a perfect soldier but he has this constant you know moral questioning of her so you get the things where like like the thing about total war where he's like she's perfect for that so the question is is she created by this world being like this or is she the one that's like driving the world in that direction yeah which is, you know, somewhat of a legitimate question, especially given the fact that she's directly opposing gods, who are basically doing half of this just to get back at her for doing that. Right, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the the whole like, what was I saying about like? Oh yeah, the War College thing. That's that's mm-hmm. also another good instance of just like the internal structure of the military because in the light novel and I think somewhat in the manga too the way that goes down is essentially the candidates for the war college are anonymized so they're just going by their records and her record actually has like some crossed off because otherwise it'd be way too obvious who she is okay <laughs> so uh, when he furthers the debate they unseal her record And because one of the things that they couldn't show was the silver wings medal. Right. Because like she's the only living recipient. Obviously they know who it is. Right. So when they unseal the record, it just makes her look all the more impressive. (laughs) (laughs) But then they also get into, you know, his whole like analysis of her and, (sighs) What's not included in any of the adaptations is when she was a student in, like, her initial training, she did work for the Recon Corps or whatever, who didn't know she was a student at the time. And then they covered it up because she wasn't actually an official soldier. Mm -hmm. So when he's going on about these things, everyone else sees that as him, like questioning the transparency of that department and the lack thereof so essentially in his attempt to block her from getting into war college he opens up an investigation to another department and ends up furthering his own career (laughs) (laughs) so like she's one of those characters which another common isekai trope we're just her involvement benefits Everyone so they can't really question Her
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah they, they have a lot of interesting internal politics Stuff uh, like That like choosing What to Put on the official records and what Not to put on the official records and stuff Right and they um, kind of explain it For you for people Who don't know shit about the military Like me <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good about that. Um, It just reminded me of the the scene in the manga, the one that like he's Lurgan's always going on about the training incident. Mm -hmm. Just like here's a screenshot of what that looks like in the manga, which. Again, because in the anime that scene essentially goes like oh I'm going to carve the rules into your brain right which you know so you can sort of see the whole justification everyone else gives of like oh that's just banter you expect that from training etc etc <laughs> but the level to which like essentially Lurgan's more justified in the manga and the LN than he is in the anime because it's a lot clearer that like this is beyond just like banter she's straight up just saying like oh yeah i'm just gonna cut his brain out
0: <laughs> yeah and in the anime also she was saying i'm gonna carve the rules into your head but she was also like cocking her gun which doesn't really make sense yeah. <laughs> Well because yeah, supposedly she's gonna carve it with the
1: bayonet. She used a
0: knife in the LN. Which... Right. But you wouldn't but you wouldn't need to cock the gun to use your bayonet. <laughs> That's not how a bayonet works.
1: <laughs> you don't know that. Different world, Isekai, etcetera, etcetera.
0: <laughs> it's a gun a gun blade. <laughs> Alright, so I have a couple other sections I want to get to. Um, let's first go with the reviews because Hell yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's actually like a lot of it. Alright, I'm going to start with one that's like really short. I'm going to read the whole thing because it's just really fucking weird and funny. Um, this is just the kind of stuff you see on my anime list just because there's so many different types of people on there. So uh this person says let's start this quick review by saying that i am a historian yes we do exist and we do watch anime this anime is dead full in everything but the soundtrack the protagonist tanya dagurichoff a reincarnated businessman is simply a sociopath and is extremely predictable in her actions just think what would a normal person do in terms of morals yup pretty edgy "'She's a, quote, lolly with OP abilities and just destroys everything and everyone for 10 episodes straight. "'No one truly challenges her, the ending is pretty boring, and the, quote, "'moral struggle of her squadmates is just going nowhere. "'No one challenges her choices, nor the way she treats enemy and especially their troops. "'They are all just all targets to be eliminated.' overall the story is boring and linear the ending is predictable and just doesn't feel right and the sociopathic character of a reincarnated goddamn lolly makes little sense
1: oh god i could say so many things about that
0: (laughs) just so many i don't understand why they had to know that they were a historian when they talked zero about history
1: (laughs) in that I don't know, maybe it's to say, oh yeah, I know, most of this is historical references, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, okay. First of all, the ending of the season in the anime sucks.
0: Yeah, they're not good at doing endings in this show.
1: Well, because it's not supposed to be an ending, which is fine.
0: Like, it, it... you know, it's very
1: directly the whole. She thinks she's getting out of it, and then she realizes the war is not going to end because they fucked up, and now it's going on. Which, by the way, like four volumes later, they very explicitly go, "Oh wait, she was right." Of course. Okay. So I do okay. The the part of the ending in the anime that I do like is that conversation she has with Morgan over like the coffee or whatever, when they're sitting in that room and she's going on about like how people hold grudges and they aren't rational. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's that's original to the anime. That's the only part. That's like a
0: huge improvement.
2: Which,
1: like, in the LN, there's sort of something where they're talking like, sadly, the Empire was so busy showing off the sharpness of its sword that it didn't notice how much it frightened everyone. Like, yeah, that's about as close as it gets. Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh... The... When she tries to invade the Navy base.
0: Um, all right. So the next review that I have is uh, someone tells this very real story of how they started watching the show, uh, which they hate. Uh, so they said, my first encounter with the anime, Quote, the saga of Tanya the Not Particularly Evil intrigued me greatly. I walked in on my roommate watching some anime with a little girl, and as per tradition, I casually called him a pedophile. But then something strange happened. Rather than the usual, actually, she's a 500-year-old demon, he said, actually, she's a middle-aged man. Now, I was horrified by this. I slapped him and began to shout, why? Hasn't this trap shit gone on long enough? It's too far, I said. But he explained the plot to me, so I told him it sounded stupid. No, he said. Actually, it's really good. And this is where our sad story begins. In parentheses, it was not, dear readers, actually really good.
1: Yeah, so I just don't watch the anime.
0: <laughs> I just love that he had to make up a f- obviously fake story to justify watching the show. <laughs>
1: My justification for watching the show is, uh, I think someone was talking about it and I was like, oh, that sounds about as interesting as everything else going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like what you were saying earlier, like, a justification could just be like, oh, uh, because it seems cool.
2: like,
1: yeah, there's like legitimately a thing about... I've rated really good shows like five because they're really good in the sense that they're just kind of eh. Which I think is good. I don't think every show has to be like fucking Serial Experiments Lane.
0: Yeah, that's why usually when I tell someone like my appraisal of a show, I will say... It's like art value and it's entertainment value because
1: some people just watch things that are
0: entertaining. yeah, And that's fine.
1: (laughs) Just because something's generic doesn't mean it totally sucks. If you like the isekai formula, you can watch a hundred fucking isekai shows and you will be bored of the premise or the fact that everything's just a slight variation on another thing because you're just... You know, you're essentially re-watching the same show but with a slightly different perspective, which is fine. But yeah. People would like, doesn't like need to be a spin-off for you to be happy with watching the same story again. <laughs> but I think a lot of it is really just the different culture <laughs> because I barely see any of these complaints in the Japanese comments on stuff.
0: Yeah um one other highlight i have from this review actually two uh (laughs) he says uh this reincarnation seems to give her knowledge that battle-hardened generals envy but there's no reason why some salaryman who's read who's read a few wikipedia articles would be a genius at military strategy and did he have to be some fedora tipper's wet dream libertarian atheist I guarantee this man dabbles in bestiality just based on this combination, and this makes him a really unsympathetic character. <laughs> Couldn't we have a have had a, an anime where a lolly becomes Hitler without this whole thing where it's actually some reincarnated old dude? That sounds like a much more interesting character.
3: <laughs> oh God
0: um. Okay
1: bestiality thing sounds so out of left field until you consider that maybe they just meant furries
0: maybe yeah maybe
1: (laughs) because that would make sense in the context
0: (laughs) (laughs) I also like how it never came like it never crossed their mind that maybe she was libertarian because they're making fun of those type of people right which I think uh, probably means that they are sort of that themselves and don't want to admit. Right.
1: But, but like, that was the whole thing I was talking about uh, in messages earlier, the whole like people on 4chan being absolutely shocked to find out it's critique. Of... Yeah. <laughs> because I'll probably like, make so that many...
0: the, the episode art for this one.
1: <laughs> because like, and it is weird when like you aren't that type of person to watch this and go like oh was I supposed to sympathize with her and like you know she's a well rounded character in my opinion so like mm-hmm. you can sympathize with her to a certain extent Yeah, like she isn't just like straight up a monster right <laughs> Well, like she is but not in like a, her entire personality is just kill kill kill
0: yes like there is moral
1: complications
0: to it and she has fairly just... understandable motivations
1: right but if you see it from the perspective of people that do believe the thing she believes it just looks like oh that character is me <laughs> yeah which like i mean who among us hasn't seen media that's like that but they're like critiquing something you agree with and you're just kind of like oh you know, but it's a mood so
0: yeah, I, I always remember this um, study someone did on the Colbert Report where they would have uh, like normal people and then far right people watch it, and the far right people were like, yeah, this guy's smart.
1: <laughs> right. The, yeah, that's the thing is like satire isn't really the best, <laughs> but it, it's similar to debates where like, people who are on the fence are totally going to be like, oh, this is making points. And then people who disagree with it are going to be like, oh, yeah, this is good satire. And people who agree with it are just going to agree with it. Right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought there. But it's something to do with... Yeah, the the satire thing and that 4chan post of them Uh pointing out that, like, they couldn't think of any examples, but... There's definitely been, like, right-wing things making fun of left-wing things that
0: left-wingers agree with. And
1: uh, that's literally every meme ever.
0: (laughs) Oh, so you just want free stuff? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, please.
1: (laughs) Like, people, like, every time a right-winger makes a meme about leftists, leftists just take it. And, like, yeah, no, that's, that's just how satire works.
0: Oh, so you think I'm a Nazi just because I disagree with you? Well, yeah, the way you disagree with me, yes.
1: <laughs> right. So, it, uh, I wouldn't say it's exactly clever satire, but it, it makes more sense when you understand that it is. Right. Otherwise, it's like, why the hell are they constantly talking about her views on economics when she's a frontline officer? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um so the last thing from this one is uh <laughs> he's saying like alternate options. I love when when people do this when they're like here's how I would write the story. Like, oh yeah, I definitely wanted to hear that. Um so they said what what option would have been to have it take place in a universe more similar to our own. But the points at which the anime departs from history often seem to be more out of ignorance than creativity, suggesting that this choice was never really an option. <laughs> I love that idea that...
3: Oh, God.
1: (laughs) You know, like, if you read the light novels, at points, it literally just feels like the author is showing off how much research they did. Like, the amount of... Which, again, is because, like, the characters are based on real people. Most of them, not Tanya. Uh And Tanya constantly references generals and events in real history. Yeah. And... Like a lot of it is World War II stuff. A lot of it's like historically, you know, the classics, and a lot of it's Japanese history.
0: There's also a lot of theory stuff, like yeah. signaling theory, which is not something you hear very, very often.
1: Right. It was, like, that, that is mentioned like early in the book. Yeah, that is like a HR thing, I believe. Oh, okay. Because, like, a lot of, again, she's written as a character that comes from a corporate background but was like a nerd and that is pretty explicitly stated. I think even in the anime is the fact that she's used to study constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a huge shocker that, you know, it's more than reading Wikipedia articles like that. Yeah. Was, like, <laughs> you know, one minute you're making jokes about like Asian students trying too hard and the next minute. You're like, well, they just read some Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: fucking hate weebs yeah yeah um all right so i have another one and uh i'm just going to read i think one thing from this uh but <laughs> it's just really ridiculous so they say people like to say that she is a villain protagonist and that is just plain untrue villain protagonists are the people in which while we get to see them the most and what they go through to reach their eventual demise the point of the story is to see them fail which is not true um tanya is supposed to succeed against the adversity of war and the dickishness of god therefore she is a protagonist who isn't a villain just overly brutal and unpleasant unpleasant a byronic hero if you will let's compare her to two other military badass protagonists lelouch v britannia from code Geass and char Aznable char Azna B from gundam <laughs> um so he basically is saying like Tanya is bad because she's just like a flat psychopath. I don't know where that part is, but um, it's in there somewhere. And uh, so they said, uh, unlike uh, like Tanya, Lelouch v Britannia is also arrogant and brutal and suffers turmoil the more he goes on in this war. However, we get to see many sides of him—from his charismatic side to his lazy side to his dorky side—that proves how physically weak he is we see him from a variety of perspectives and how he mostly deteriorates in the just cause he believes in unlike tanya we get to know a lot about him from his past and the many different demeanors he expresses around different people aside from bloodlust and calmness which is those are the two qualities that he took away from her as for char asnable he is a psychopath just like tanya except portrayed in a realistic manner instead of an eccentric cartoon interpretation of a psycho tanya is a dick to people willing to kill many of them for disobeying her and is not a pleasant person to be around especially when she is bloodthirsty she's a simple anime crazy person or what is basically what uninformed people deem as psychopathic characters char on the other hand is a true psychopath he cuts off close relationships with people for his own goals sets up people for death just to survive and not get his cover blown or just because he has no use for them anymore and does it all with one goal in mind What is the difference between those two characterizations? Uh,
1: Well, let me push aside my other stack of books here (laughs) so I don't say that psychopathic characteristics are already a cartoon interpretation. Yes. (laughs) Like, psychopath has literally always just meant a guy who do crazy. (laughs) Put him in jail or kill him, please. Yeah,
0: a guy that I want to put in jail. (laughs) That's what it means. Like,
1: yeah, that's... One day I'm going to finish my fucking 30,000-word draft on that shit. But anyway, more relevant <laughs> here. Hey, Lelouch is just Sasuke. I-, I learned this by reading Naruto. Lelouch is just Sasuke.
0: <laughs> okay. I never thought of it that way.
1: Because oh, they both do this thing where they're like, well, conflict will go away if everyone has a unified like person they hate. Oh, So true. will become okay. that person. Chris Lelouch is doing it, like, oh, the world will be better once we assassinate the one true evil who will be me. And then Sasuke is just like, yeah, but you're not going to catch me.
0: So also Ozymandias, then, from Watchmen. Right.
1: But the... uh... I mean, it's basic
0: fascist ideology, is we need everyone to unite against a common enemy in order to have group cohesion.
1: Right. And um, so... As per Maya uh, typical meta theory of uh, the discourse, the difference they're stating here between Tanya and this uh, as Nave Nabe, as Nabel or whatever its actual name is. changes. <laughs> uh, the The way they're describing the difference is a very common. Thing you see constantly in say U.S. propaganda about the USSR, uh huh. Like, what's the actual difference? Functionally, there is none, but we don't like that one. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, Tanya does have a very clear goal in mind, and that is to have a good career without dying. Yes. <laughs> so uh, she does cut people off she destroys people's careers like i mean she only does it a couple of times but it is like a thing that she's totally willing to do and like she she and he says
0: that in the in the paragraph like she cuts people off for no reason except she does have a reason you just don't realize it Actually, it's a very
1: explicitly stated reason. Uh, the guy who ends up going on to work in the railroad was actually above her in the class ranking. <laughs> so, by him not planning to go to the front lines, it lowered his ranking and pushed her into the top 12. Which is why she is the uh, the 12th of the 12 knights of their class. So, she gets to add a line to her resume by making this guy like feel bad about his daughter. <laughs> it's yeah uh, I don't, I don't really know how you can like misinterpret that situation to be quite honest but, like they become friends to an extent because they're still like working for the same army most of his career ends up being built on implementing her ideas anyway so it's fine that she brain higher than him like get fucked
0: I think the problem is uh, the person is a big dum dum and they don't know what they're seeing or hearing. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, like the whole, like, kills people for no reason.
1: Like, no, she's like super into rules.
0: Yeah, she kills people because she's in the military and f- follows the rule book extensively. <laughs> and like, they say that multiple times in the show. <laughs>
1: right and and she doesn't actually really ever kill any of her subordinates in fact she makes quite a point of not letting them die that's why there's that bit in their uh training thing where everyone sees it as basically she brings one of them back to life uh i forget his name it's actually a pretty important character yeah but uh that whole thing of uh, she's not even gonna let you die is kind of how everyone else sees it, because but she sees it as if her subordinates die, she won't get as good of a ranking or rating as yes. an employee. Yeah. In it, fact, it, it reflects badly some, on her. Yeah. It takes until volume. Uh, let me check the covers. Five. <laughs> <laughs> until she actually loses any subordinates. Wow. And it's, like, a huge deal. It's, like, I said check the covers because literally the cover of Chapter 5 is the whole, like, fallen soldier grave thing. You know, the helmet on the gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. They they make quite a dramatic point of the fact that she does eventually lose soldiers.
0: Um, alright. So, this is sort of related to the review stuff. Um, so one of the things i wanted to look at was people just not understanding like what makes a person evil <laughs> so i just searched like is tanya evil and um so i found a reddit post where someone was like why is tanya evil like referencing the title like why 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 is she considered evil and uh most of the replies were she's not evil she's just very logical
1: Yeah, you see, that's why I don't feel super bad about the cringy English title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because apparently if they didn't say that, no one would ever think that.
0: Yeah. And and the thing is, like, they're not wrong about her being just very logical, but, like, so are the engineers that made the Holocaust happen. That doesn't mean they're not evil. (laughs) Right so actually I mean I, that's the thing though is that like people can understand
1: logic isn't universal yeah like just because you're following your own rules doesn't mean that they're good rules right for um, instance the people that made the holocaust happen all had a very teleological belief that the Jews were evil and therefore created like a shit ton of quote unquote science to explain it that was a logic
0: Yes. technically
1: it's a bad logic and most people would agree because consequentially it had bad results quite bad and it's teleological so
0: and speaking of teleology and consequentialism uh I found a video that I listened to most of uh, that someone made asking if Tanya is actually evil and he made a consequentialist argument that she is not evil um which kind of made me realize one of the big problems with consequentialism is that it's basically entirely based on counterfactuals and ideology. So like an an anti-communist like Tanya could make a consequentialist argument that the Vietnam war was good because the communists would have killed more people, which is an argument that has been made to me many times. So like, ethically you could say oh sure that's ethical then but that depends on you having the ideology of anti-communism and thinking that the counterfactual situation would have been a worse outcome
1: right all the history and all that um yeah here's a fun consequentialist thing uh actually i don't think they ever mentioned in the anime so I, I could imagine most people would miss this uh, she kills everyone that she fights, right? Yeah. And that's not just like, a, oh, she's like really good at it. It's deliberate. Like, she orders her subordinates to always kill because uh, she doesn't want to stretch out her supply lines by keeping prisoners. Uh, they actually do take a, a fair amount. is there also amount. something
0: about, like, she doesn't... Maybe I'm thinking of a different story altogether, but, like she doesn't want them to like seek revenge against her yeah no that's the uh the firestorm bit
1: arian um and i I forget what they call it i'm i don't remember the real city name or the fiction city name i'm gonna just (laughs) mix the two up i think the real city is Amiens, but anyway rn jesus uh point is like yeah no that's her whole thing of letting them kill like the children and whatnot is because the children is going to be the army yeah uh they, they do take prisoners but she always keeps it restricted i guess i exaggerated that a bit i have to remember literally like all of this uh and that's actually part of the, basically she brags about the fact that she kills most of them because they don't take as many prisoners and they don't take more prisoners because it would overwork them
0: mm-hmm. because
1: they have to, you know, take shifts guarding prisoners. Right. Which is kind of an interesting thing uh, from like a fiction perspective. Cause you don't often talk about the fact that she is, you know, it's a battalion or whatever, an expanded one. And they do keep their own prisoners of war. Like, it isn't just like a, oh, they capture people and then they're captured by the army. Like, right. that, that does. Like, there is a responsibility for that and it falls onto someone and it's part of what she has to manage. Which is, yeah, you is know, part of the. Yeah, part of many reasons why everyone likes her in the military is because she does manage all of that to the point where you barely see it. So they actually have to explicitly point out constantly through her internal monologue (laughs) that she is taking care of these things. Because otherwise it would just be fiction that overlooks it rather than fiction that points out that it's taken care of by how good she is. Uh-huh. Because most people don't know all of the infrastructure of an able, like a battalion and whatnot. Right. So they don't get to run on that assumption that, well, they know so they understand that she's taking care of it. Classic storytelling technique. <laughs> Point out things that happen. <laughs>
0: um, there's also this passage that I I think makes it pretty fucking clear that she's evil um i won't read the whole thing but uh just the the part that really shocked me a little bit i guess uh she said i know it's a bit (laughs) irreverent but i am afraid i have a hard time agreeing with general lee's quote it is well that war is so terrible otherwise we grow too fond of it for me war is such a blast that i don't know what to do with myself
1: she's definitely (laughs) a character
0: but actually she's very logical
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, I think there is definitely, like, a character development there. Because, essentially, she doesn't want to be on the front lines because it puts her in danger. And she doesn't want to fight because, initially, she'd never done it before. Mm -hmm. And, again, it's a danger thing. Yeah. But since nothing ever works out in her favor, as per what she considers her favor... She sort of takes it as a stress release.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then it just ends up becoming the thing she does for... F- because what else is she going to do besides eat chocolate and <laughs> drink coffee? Uh, that's, like, a huge thing. Like,
0: yeah, I think she they only uses- mention it, like, once or twice in the anime.
1: The, uh, they talk a ton about supply lines in the light novel. Like... It's a huge thing. Um, Like that whole thing about uh, one of her subordinates getting poisoned. Like the first time she actually technically loses a subordinate. Uh It's because he gets food poisoning. Oh. And that's how she knew about the thing and the the uprising in the city. It's because their supply lines were lagging. All
0: right. So the the last thing I want to talk about is uh this making me think about uh Lewis Mumford um and the concept of the mega machine because the way Tanya talks about the military is is basically as you know very machine like um she kind of is like just a happy to be a cog in the machine as long as it gets her a good life, um, and uh, yeah, I think the military in general is like a good illustration of the concept. It's kind of a microcosm of the mega machine as a whole. So basically, the concept is um, states and ruling structures and and stuff like that are essentially a machine that's made of human beings. And um, the first example that uh, Lewis Mumford gives is the machine that built the pyramids. So there were like what we think of as machines, which is, you know, non-living mechanical tools. Um, But really the majority of it was the slaves that were you know pulling giant stone blocks up ramps and cutting them in the first place and stuff like that um so he uses this as the analogy for essentially like all forms of states and um i i think yeah again like the military is a good illustration of that because that's exactly how they treat the humans in the military like like we were talking about earlier they care about um you know the life of the soldiers but only because their resources they have to be replaced if they get lost and it's not so easy to do um then there's also like the the bit about the separation between technical and administrative roles. It's like differentiating two parts of a machine so that it functions better. Um, You know, you want a part that is good at doing one task and then another part that's good at controlling that part rather than the thing that's good at one task just going wild.
1: Uh, That's why I, I like this lot more than other military shows. Uh, I guess not the show, the books. Because it does very much talk about the machineness of it and the actual what it does. Like, yeah, you get the whole bit that she's constantly thinking of her career and she views it like she views corporations, which are just people working together in a society to achieve some goal, and then they have to use each other to get there. But the, uh, the whole fact that she views the actual, like, mechanics of it, like, that, that's the whole thing with the supply line thing and whatnot. So she's actually considering that whole thing. And the story definitely goes in on that, the whole... Uh, part of the reason why she gets so much praise for having attempted to stop the war continuing, in a sense, is the fact that after the whole thing with France, or Francois, uh, (laughs) they basically start running out of soldiers. Uh Because they keep fighting this war, and like... They can't just keep drafting people because even drafted people need to be trained. Right. But then she just becomes more useful because she's, you know, shown them how to do accelerated training. (laughs) So it's like this whole thing of like constant acceleration into war. Like there's a whole thing about them running out of horses Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's, they only use cars for like local transport. They, they either use horses or trains for, like, artillery and stuff. And it's right. a huge thing about how much can they extend their lines in the war because they still need the supply lines to follow and those take resources, either trains on tracks that need to be built or horses that die. So, so it is very, like analytical in the economy of the resources of the quote-unquote machine and you know it's it's a fair comparison
0: yeah and it's also pretty explicit that you know a significant part of their actions aren't motivated only by like the the goals of like the nation itself but the goals of the politicians that are in charge of them and that's like part of the whole thing with a mega machine is there's an operator and the operator is the upper class and the upper class has its own motivations that don't necessarily coincide with like the myth that they create to justify the machine, which is, you know, like nation nationalism, stuff like that. Um, and they also aren't totally rational. So they don't always follow like, like, they, because they're the operator and not the machine itself, they aren't totally rational. And if they don't act rational, they won't necessarily be replaced like someone who acts irrationally as part of the machine does. Does that right. make sense?
1: Yeah. No, there's, uh, there's like actually... Uh, well, that was portrayed in all of it. Uh, the, when they're doing the encirclement campaign how it Mm. freaks out all of the politicians because they're drawing their line back and it's just like that sort of thing of they need to act in the interest of what they've been told to do which is win this war Mm -hmm. but it contradicts at points the feelings that were put into that people want to win the war because they want you know security of the nation so when the army does stuff purely to win the war it freaks people out because like that's the quote-unquote rational bit like they need to pull their line back but pulling their line back makes it look insecure
0: yeah yeah um and then i guess the last thing that i have about this is um one of the major points that uh, mumford makes is um the really centralized uh highly hierarchical types of mega machine are almost always rationalized by a sky god or a sun god um <laughs> so in egypt it would have been Ra, i think was the sun god um yeah. and so you know the ruler was supposed to be in like you know a direct liaison for the god basically and The fact that it was the sun god meant it was, you know, a single point of hierarchy that, you know, he's like above all of the other gods. And so, likewise, the one ruler has to be above everyone else. And um, he relates that to the modern age, um, where the sun god is the heliocentric model of the universe. Uh, created by Galileo and that was like the jumping off point for the evolution of the modern state which is even more centralized than any monarchy that came before it (laughs) and uh, so yeah he's he's basically uh, also he also critiques science itself as um sort of uh you know it, it's all there's also a belief system that surrounds it um so there's like right. you know this myth of technical progress always coinciding with human progress like like technical progress can never be bad essentially right
1: um, oh there's a uh, it's yeah. like a really i'd like to call it stem lord thing but whenever yes. people make that whole argument that like Science is apolitical. It's a logic. It's pure. It, it can't be tainted by things. And, you know, that's how we get things like racist AI and whatnot. is people believing that if you just do the science, all of your problems will go away. Right. So I've come to the conclusion that next time someone pulls that shit, I'm just going to be like, okay, Ernst Rudin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another, I think another really good example is like the uh, there's that conflict over the new telescope being built on mauna kea which all of the people who are in favor of doing that are like what it's for science it's just doing science like what's the problem like well the problem is we don't need to do that <laughs> there's no reason to and a bunch of people don't want you to do it so just don't
1: <laughs> for uh, those Few, I'm sure, people that don't get the joke, uh, Ernst Rudin was known as the Reichsführer of eugenics. But he gotcha. maintained the idea that uh, his political beliefs were separate from his scientific beliefs, and that eugenics was merely a science. And it basically got him out of denazification trials, because name a single state that would have opposed him in the idea that eugenics is a science. <laughs>
0: um, the Soviet... Oh. yeah yeah, so that's uh yeah so
1: okay rude
0: (laughs) do you have anything else you want to add
1: i guess uh since this is going to be a series on isekai we should have a running bit i think about isekai and my whole constant thing with isekai is that it works really well as a model of fiction on account of the fact that uh, a a common defense of the immorality of events portrayed in fiction is that it's a fictional world. Uh So our morals are different than theirs. And so by having a a character come from our world, supposedly into this other world, we get a, a moral lens, essentially someone who is grown up in a real culture that gets to see the, the goings on and whatnot. And uh, this is a very bad example for that. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it portrays the exact opposite of what you would hope it would, where uh, the, the current events of the other world are uh, generally pretty tame. But yeah, even having, compared it, to ours. Right, having experienced the history of our world, Tanya is aware of how bad it can get. So she yeah. views everything through the moral lens of how to survive and justify it. Uh uh-huh. as, as per her, uh, I think at the anime it's barely referenced, but the whole bombarding a city thing. She's mm-hmm. the one that wrote the legal paper. How to justify that? Oh, that's not, right. Not get charged for mm-hmm. the war crime. Uh, what doesn't mention? I think they mention that in the anime a bit.
0: They do. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And uh, she gets very like uppity about it
0: yeah i forgot about that that's that's really one of those things where like if you watch that scene and don't think she's evil after that like you're fucked (laughs) i'm sorry
1: (laughs) yeah of course you you need the context of the fact that she's literally just joking about the fact that she didn't think she'd be the one to do it which Uh doesn't actually make too much sense in the context of the anime because what do what fight in a city she does it all the time after this Uh, What she's actually referencing initially is that she wrote another paper that's also used for that, which is how to make an entire city burn down at once. Oh. (laughs) This is why I refer to it as a firestorm event, because that's what the other paper was about, was how to initiate a firestorm. Damn. Which is why they box in the city and bombard it, rather than, you know, just occupying it again. Mm-hmm. 'Cause it's an experiment. They're testing burning down a city. God. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's a lot worse than the light novels than the anime. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, she she wrote two papers that and like it's weird how they sort of skip over the majority of the War College bit because that, that, that's what she was doing there. She was studying law for the most part. Uh-huh. And that's uh, they have what's it, the Treaty of Worms which I think is supposed to be like the Treaty of Versailles.
0: Or the Diet worms. of Worms.
1: Yeah. Because um, Worms is an which actual is a really city. fucking funny
0: name. Yeah. Every time I hear that <laughs> I just think of someone having a Diet of Worms. <laughs>
1: yeah, But yeah, it's a real city so it makes sense. It's like a name for a conference and I think um but yeah her whole thing is how to essentially get around it and that's it, it requires that exact scenario to happen which is why she finds it so funny it's cause, yeah. cause that's like the entire plot is she theorizes events and they just straight up happen right like the whole v1 v2 joke
0: oh yeah mm-hmm yeah
1: where uh essentially oh, she says something about like we could only really go that far if you launched mages in shells or whatever and then they're like oh that's a pretty good idea like, <laughs> which i think is left out in the anime because that's part of one of the bits where they're talking about logistics
0: they definitely mention v1 or v2 uh- I remember that much, but yeah, I don't think they have the whole explanation. Plus, because it's
1: like they couldn't leave out the bit where they use them.
0: Right. It's like an
1: offhanded joke. And like, so even her offhanded jokes become a reason. So when she's writing papers for like how to justify in an international court that you slaughtered civilians in a city.
0: Well, uh, that's a (laughs) great note to end it on.
1: Yeah, morality. It's a thing. <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, I I think it's pretty clear that we recommend people read the light novel. Um it's pretty easy to find. You can get it on the same uh torrent site with a cat sound name uh as you would get the anime.
1: Um, <clears throat> you mean buy the published books from Yen Press.
0: Uh uh-huh.
1: official English translations and yeah? not at all what ebooks you are going to find on whatever the hell he's talking
0: I did about. actually order the the first two physical ones cuz I want I want to keep reading it and it's way easier to read a I've, physical book to me
1: I've got every volume so you know I'm serious nice. here <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah I did I did just want to mention this uh I read a comment from someone this is just insane to me this is why I want to mention it Uh, From someone who's read up to volume 12, but he does not know Japanese, so he read them with Google Translate, which is... I'm impressed, honestly.
1: (laughs) All the power to you. Don't do that, please.
0: Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) That's a bad idea, but if you do, uh, you're uh, more powerful than me.
1: (laughs) But here, think of it this way. Uh, If you start learning Japanese now... By the time the English translation catches up to where the Japanese publication is right now, you'll, you'll be reading the uh, new Japanese volumes.
0: So. <laughs> All right, uh, Una, thank you for joining me for this. Um, do you have it anything to plug?
1: Exciting. Uh, check out my website.
0: Anarchy.website? Yeah, that one. Cool. Yeah, I check keep that out. Changing my
1: Twitter at. So what else am I going to say?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So that is the first Isekai July episode. The next one will be. I'm I'm 99% sure it will be dot hack. Um, so look forward to that. Shh. It's good. Don't don't shh at it. <laughs> all Do <right>.
1: tensora.
0: I. <sighs> I did not like it enough. I would have to maybe the books are better, and I should read one of them or I've, something.
1: I haven't read the light novels. I've read the web novels. Anyway, oh, yes, okay. and we're good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the anime sucked. Yeah, I, the anime sucks. Yeah, it's like Yojo um. Senki or something. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's it for us. Bye.